So I am uh, sitting in a student union building. Ooh. Um, the Grand Canyon Antelopes. You ever heard of them? GCU? Oh, I know of GCU. Yeah, I had a friend that worked there. Yeah. The uh, living, in, living in Phoenix is uh, the time for summer basketball camps right now. So I am at a basketball camp being held at Grand Canyon State. Oh, no, it's not Grand Canyon State. It's just Grand Canyon University. Um, while my kids, you know, rub elbows with Dan Marley and other, other basketball coaches, I'm using the best internet around at the uh, student union building. So if you hear, you know, if you hear like awkward laughter of those in their late teens, early twenties, trying to figure out who they are before their inevitable post college existential crisis, if you hear that in their voices in the background, that's why. So. Oh, perfect. I love, uh, you know, those, you're, you're just getting out of high school. You're trying to find yeah. yourself, those existential crises <laughs> every day, really. It's just like, what right. crisis am I going to wake up to and tackle today? Right. Cause I am ready to take on the world. Uh, isn't it funny when you think about it? Like, I know we joke, but it's a couple of late bloomers ourselves. I think it's fair to say. And, and those who I, I don't think either of us came close to peaking in high school. Right. I mean, we certainly certainly grew into just continuing to be like awkward human beings lost in the universe, trying to figure out where our our soul belonged for so many years. And I, I think that there's just like something about that age that can be really tough. The late teens, early 20s, you got to figure out a lot of stuff. Yeah, my 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 entire childhood was pretty rough, I would say. And if I look back, it, I was recently uh, visiting some family that I hadn't seen in about 15 to 20 years and they didn't even recognize me. They thought I was someone's boyfriend. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm James. I'm here. And they go, Oh wow. You lost a lot of baby fat. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, thank, thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm no longer a large human being. Uh, and it was, it was quite shocking because my entire childhood, I mean, with a lot of ups and downs and, you know, family divorce and, moving back and forth different places. And I'm sure my mom listens. So she's like, Oh no, like we're about to talk about the terrible childhood I have. It was, it was okay. A lot, a lot of rough things that I don't, you know, we won't really get into. It's reserved for my psychiatrist, but you know, I will say like I had a very, I had a great group of friends. We were all nerds. We were in FBLA future business leaders of America. I was the web master of the FBLA website which was pretty, pretty great. But, you know, we ran the the student bookstore. We ate lunch together away from everybody. Uh, you know, I was not into sports ball. I did not like sports ball, like computers, <laughs> no sports ball for me. I did do an awkward, I had an awkward year of doing track and I did mm. shot put. That was my. Wow. I can't imagine you. I can imagine you spitting, spitting sweet rhymes on the mic, hot fire. And I can imagine you throwing dice. I can't imagine you hurling lead. It's not a thing I think of for you. I did. I did not. I did not hurl the lead very far. Uh, right. I was more of the. I was. In, I was in a very weird year because the year that I joined track, we had an all-star like shot putter, football player, and essentially everyone was just at his whims of whatever he needed. Like, take care of this dude and go fetch yeah. his you know, iron lead and, and bring it back and you can attempt to spin around, but you're, spoon, you're not going to gonna... feed him spoon, feed him goulash while you whispered German poetry in his ear. This is what happened. Yes. I whispered <laughs> deeply, um, you know, to sleep every night as, as he rested his arms and shoulders. But yeah, that was, you know, my, and, 
And there was a very weird time in my life. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I think we all were, right? We're trying to figure out what we do. Who are we as a human being? And that was an, in, there was election year, the year that I turned 18. So it was, I was in school and it was one of the, I was one of the first people to vote. And, you know, I, I was, I was working since I was 14. So I had a car, unlike many other people in our high school. And, uh, and then I did extracurricular activity, right? I was like this big nerd. So I was doing websites, but I was making websites for companies to yeah. hustle, side hustling, man. This is yeah, stuff you don't know about me. Every day, you be, every day you'd be hustling and shuffling. Every day I'm hustling, hustling. Yeah. Oh, I do, I do a lot of shuffling, especially a lot of Cupid shuffle. And I know, well, that's right. Yeah, we, I know that. So I made a website for a, uh, a like a speaker install, a car install place where they sold subwoofers and stuff. So I rolled around my hometown, very small hometown. Oh man, pumping that base. Oh, you know I pumped that base. I was uh, <laughs> in a Dodge Intrepid, uh, which is, oh, this is how if you're gonna bump base, you need to I was do gonna it. In say a Dodge you're about to go Intrepid. Will Ferrell. And this says, I drive a Dodge Stratus. I drive a Dodge Intrepid. What do you drive? <laughs> this is what I drove. And I put in two 15-inch subs with a, a 1,200-watt multi-channel amp. This thing was – it was a battery drainer. And I would roll around uh, my small hometown, and I would bump, bump, pump the bass. But there was one time I would come home. This is how you know you're in a great – family and this is also how you know that the 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 base was pumping because i would roll down the street that i grew up on and one time i did not turn down the base and the stereo um fast enough like because i would have to turn it down so if i came home my parents would be like what is happening you know mm-hmm. they they knew that i had the subwoofer and stuff but they did not necessarily approve of the subwoofer and stuff yeah. so there was one time i came home and my mom was just like no like that is not appropriate like, i was shaking things in the house mm-hmm. so i'd have to turn it down as i was t- a mile away just so no one knew in the house that i was coming home and pumping that bass but yeah that was my childhood it was uh an interesting lovely time in my life i think we all maybe it's one of the things that you and i don't talk enough about in regards to our bonding experience i mean i mentioned my dysfunction regularly, probably more than I should be. I, I think I became an oversharer through my through my my family traumas. And speaking of therapy, I'm actually going to my therapist right after this podcast. You know I see a monthly Ooh. therapist, right? I think I should have shared that with you. So mm-hmm. but uh, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean I my parents were divorced when I was itty bitty baby. Grew up with two full families and I think I just broke I just broke down the family tree to you and H low, H diggity recently at the at our wedding. So so I feel you, dog. And uh, it's nice to have that group of friends, you know, the uh, the uh, intimate, intimate group of people that you kind of grow up with and, and kind of bond with over that stuff. So I think I had a similar I found a similar sort of soul group in the uh, in the chess world and, and some of the other stuff I was doing. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to by the way, I'm trying to talk low during this because I know I'm using the built in mic. I already shared where I am as my kids um, play basketball in a couple buildings over here at GCU. So if, if any of the fans or listeners tuning in are a little bit irritated with Papa Cheese's sound. I apologize. But speaking of basketball, so here's a funny thing. Makes you feel old, Mots. We're really into feeling old. It's like I go in and like I'm dropping my kids off every day and Dan Marley is just hanging out, right? He's just chilling. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like this is Thunder Dan. This is the 93 Suns that made it to the NBA Finals with Barkley and KJ. This is like a guy that I, I look at him like he's an NBA star. 
right away when I see him. And like my kids are just, like, he's just zoning around and like the kids just run around him. Like none of the kids at this camp, not a single one of them know who he is. Like none of them were, it's, it's literally ages six to 14. So none of them were even born like when he was Thunder Dan, you know? So it's just funny when like you're, you're like kind of awkward and like thinking, oh my God, there's that guy I was watching make, you know, like nine threes in the playoffs for the Suns and just like crushing it, right? And uh, nobody cares that he's here. This is awesome. Anyway, it's funny. So did you go up to, to Thunder Dan and just introduce yourself? No, I didn't. I didn't go fanboy. I'm a dad here. You know, I'm a dad and I'm playing too cool for school. And plus I got bleep to do. I already got, you know, you know, emails barking at me and stuff. So I'm like, you know, I'll just go over to the union building, get my work on and hit my coffee. They got a JJ downstairs. That's uh, that's what the cool kids call Jamba Juice. Not sure if you do that. Yeah, JJ. So I'm, I'm going to hit a JJ as soon as they open up for breakfast at 11 a.m. So, um, so in case anybody's wondering, what was Danny doing on that Wednesday when they were recording the podcast after they got done? What he did was he went and got a JJ. He uh, wrote up some emails about chess.com's plans to cover the World Chess Championship on Twitch. First time we're really going to put in a huge, a lot of resources to doing some kind of awesome broadcast. That's our plan. Um, and, uh, and then he's going to drive over to his therapy and he's just going to hang out in uh, Phoenix until uh, until his kids are done with the basketball camp. I like that. That's a that's a really great productive Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, what a great day for you and yeah. for your kids who are enjoying themselves playing the basketball. Yeah, the sports ball. The sports ball that goes in the in the swish, the swish hole. I'm trying to say it like how you would say, like it's the sports ball that goes in the the swish. Swish. Sw- I mean, not in the net, but in the but it is a net because there's multiple nets and then swishy yeah. swish. Yep. Mhm. Yeah. Now I, I do want to talk uh, talking about chess. You know, my boy Wesley. So yeah, he's oh, my well. he's my boy. Here we go. On a on a rampage for the people that don't know, Wesley. So the the biggest underdog of uh, in chess, I would say, <laughs> uh, who is just you know everyone undermines him. Doesn't think Wesley So is going to do anything. Right. At the same time, uh, he's a great dapper looking uh, human being. And he's just crushing it. He was just at the year next move in Belgium, which I was just in Belgium. I, you know, him and I, we did not run into each other. Leuven. You can imagine Leuven, if we, um, Leuven, Leuven, if you if, just imagine if Wesley So and I sat and drank a coffee together. What a great day for us. What a him, great day really. for Wesley. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he crushed it. He, he just he did over crush there. It. And now they're getting it. ready to start the, uh, the Paris leg of the GCT, which is, chess slang for a grand chess tour. So, um, you know, the, that, whatever that Western European leg of the grand chess tour, which consists of some of these major events, you've got the London chess classic in December, you've got the Sinkfield cup that takes place in St. Louis, um, every, I guess, August, September. So these events that take place for the GCT, the Leuven, 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 uh, Belgium, and then Paris, uh, Francais, Paris. Um, these rapid portions are some of the most popular sections because it's um, you know the fastest pace. They get a lot of games in, and uh, and Wesley has been playing a lot on Chess.com and really trying to step up his rapid blitz game. After uh, which he told me personally he was going to do, and um, I uh, I honestly thought, and I'm I'm going to touch on this only because those who are hardcore chess fans and follow you know the the Reddit chess sub you know the subreddit on on uh, sorry the chess subreddit um as well as social media maybe maybe 
will think I'm dancing around this and I I don't want to, but there was actually a bit of a controversy um, with Wesley. So on chess.com and I cannot comment on situation, but I can comment that Wesley. So uh, can be pretty much um, let's see uh, cleared that his account was indeed hacked and that he did not engage in some of the things that were said from his account. So is there's a, there's a, there's a Twitter thread and there's um, a Reddit subreddit. And I don't want to get into all the details of it because frankly, it was actually a very, very curious situation for chess.com um, and um, a lot of weird tech that we kind of tracked down to kind of make sure we were able to figure out what was going on. But I can say that Wesley, um, is focused on his chess, and I can clear that he he did not engage in the racist religious stuff that was said. Um, and oh, um, that's not. Good. And we can and we can move on from that. So I, I had to touch on that because. And now, of course, everybody from this podcast who didn't know about it is going to be like, "What the bleep is he talking about?" They're going to go <laughs> find it. But I can say that, um, you know, change your passwords. Uh, be secure with um, where and how you access things. Like when you're doing sensitive work from a public Wi-Fi like I'm doing for this entire week from the Grand Canyon uh, University campus. You should change your password and consider clearing your cookies and um, always be careful as you as you use the interwebs of technology. Oh, man, I was in Prague and I needed to print my ticket to go home. And usually you can do one of two things at, a, at one of three things. One, not print it and then maybe go to the airport early, get it printed off, stand in line, depending on where you're at. Option two, if you're at a hotel, is ask them to print it. So you forward them the PDF, which is a little bit sketchy because you're like, here's my ticket. Go ahead and print this for me. Then option three is that there's a business center. Now, the problem here with the business center is that this is literally just a computer that's sitting there. Like random computer, single log on for everyone in guest mode. And they're like, oh, just go ahead and go over to this computer and just go ahead and just log into your accounts. Just like you can use... Skype, you can use your email. There's 18 browsers. They have like 8,000 things running. I can confirm that part of the issue and what we were able to trace down is indeed that there were a number, a large number of logins from this particular IP address in Belgium, which was the hotel that all of the players, managers, coaches, and a number of other people were at. And um, yeah, and you, yeah. you can do everything, but also if there's just a machine there, there could be key loggers, there could be key logger hardware or software that's sitting there. Uh, there's all sorts of, so I, I used, you know, obviously private browser, I had to download the PDF. I then, you know, I went to the download folder and I was like, look at all of these PDFs of everyone's information. <laughs> that's great. And then you know, you, you briefly considered, you briefly considered a career of crime and identity theft, and that would be your second career. I, I did the correct thing, which is delete every other PDF on there and delete all everything in the recycle bin, which, of course. So, you know what you did there? You were the good Samaritan of understanding what all these things were capable of, as so many people are just and not not to mean this in any kind of sort of um, demeaning or whatever, like intellectual elitist way. But people just simply don't understand what they're doing and what they're leaving around. And so you did the good Samaritan thing. You did it. I, I did. I tried to as much as I possibly could, because. To me, as a person in tech, it, it, it saddens me that it's so easy for these things to occur. Uh, and and yeah, you just don't know. But you got to be real secure. You, every time you're on a public Wi-Fi, I, ideally you shouldn't be doing stuff. I do stuff all the time. Let's just uh, be no, honest. I do too. Honestly, I used to be even more careful. And I've been I've been in and out of Chess.com's admin all day here at GCU. And I'm going to clear. I'm going to be clearing Not stuff. Good. So 
clear those cookies. You know, you should be now a uh, feature request for the chess.com is a little two factor off. We do have I don't that. Know if you guys have yep, it. We have it. You guys have it. Yep. Okay. So here's pro tip to turn. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to go and figure out how to do this. I'm going to go into maybe it's under password. Nope. It's not there. Maybe it's under privacy. Wait, are you looking talking about two, no. two factor authentication for you on chess.com? Yes. Oh, no, no, no. We, yes. we only have it for staff. Okay. Well, this is a feature request for all members. <laughs> make that happen, Danny. Okay. No, you're right. You're right. We should, we should, now I am going to make a note of it. So if you do, if you don't know what two-factor auth is for all of our listeners, almost a lot of websites, not all websites. So it's not like I'm not calling out chess.com, but almost, I would say a very few amount of websites have two-factor auth. I was very pleased when Nintendo did this. So two-factor auth is really simple. This is one of those security measures you can add to Gmail, to Twitter, and what that does is if someone logs in on another machine that it doesn't know, or you can have it say every single time someone logs into my account, either I have to have my cell phone and it will send me a text message or I have an authenticator app where I have to enter a pin. So literally, if someone knows your password, they still can't get into your machine uh, without getting access to your phone. So it's an extra layer of security that's there. So that's a nice thing. So we'll add that to Danny's backlog. So we uh, have that on there. And it's, of course, it, 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 it would then impact the entire flow of all the applications, all the websites. So it's, it's a bigger undertaking than what some people may think, because our modern day technology now spans across every device we own, every operating system, all the different, you know, uh, services. And it, of course, can cost some money as well. But it, it's quite interesting. So you put that you can see Danny yeah. typing there and he's, he's typing in Slack to say we need this two factor auth uh, in general. Because that, that's a problem. You see this happen. I think the McDonald's or Wendy's account got hacked. It was it was not like the main one, but it was a specific uh, country. And they, again, someone hacked it and they wrote these terrible, horrible things. You know, you think when people hack stuff, they're just going to have fun and, and make a few jokes here and there. No, no, no. People are just terrible individuals usually. And sometimes they hack it just to hack and not actually cause like, oh, I'm going to you know, I'm, I'm going to go into Wesley So's account. I'm just going to lose all these games. Like that'd be pretty mean, and that's not funny. And but you know, he could be like, oh, I'm going to just tweet something really, you know, funny or do whatever, blah blah blah. And uh, but no, people are just really cruel individuals, unfortunately. But anyways, that's the world of uh, that's the world we live in, Danny. That's the world we and live I'm in. I'm sorry to actually literally use this podcast as an opportunity for 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 work, but I had to make. I, I agree with you so much that I I literally just. Th- shot off an email I did a user snap and gave a private message as I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. I also accept a uh, contract. My hourly rate uh, is about, <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of contract chess.com contracting work, which is great. Yeah. This is important because this is what our listeners, you know, they, uh, they deserve to know the inner workings of Danny's mind. Uh, not necessarily chess.com, but his mind and, and how he thinks, because you can see how important it was. And what I like about Danny as as a friend and a confidant and someone that I love to hug and give snugs with all the time <laughs> and do the Cupid shuffle with is that when 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 he knows that something is so, so when he knows something is so important that it, it needs to happen in this moment. And and you got to appreciate that because often you're like, oh, I'll, 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 I'll get to that. No, no, no. Danny's like, this is the most important thing and it has to happen. Yeah, it. It's very important, and, and like we said, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a requirement for those who choose not to. And and some are in mm-hmm. um, in positions or or you know 
in living in countries where maybe it's not even an option for them to have like their their cell phone or confirmation. But it, certainly we should give our users this option. And I know I'm already anticipating some pushback, not from anybody who doesn't agree it's a priority, but I think there's going to be it's going to cost us some money. Um, and I think it's going to it's going to take some some dev resources to rethink how we authenticate um, some of our. Uh, you call them whatever unique user sessions, you know, um, like how we how we do that. But I think I think we I think we have to do this. I think this is a future world of something we have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was you know as these computers get smarter, you know, you also have to figure out how to battle those computers, just like Nakamura Challenge Komodo. See that transition? <laughs> this is this is uh, I tweeted this thing out when you guys announced it. That's why you're that's why you work for Microsoft right there because you are a pro setup guy. I am. I set it up for you. I'll let you knock it down because I haven't watched it yet because I was on a plane. Oh, okay. So it was, um, it was what how I spent my Father's Day. As you saw, I tweeted that, you know, for all those who were wondering what they should be doing, they could come watch Nakamura remind Komodo who his daddy is. That was my, that was my little <laughs> fun little thing I spent throughout. I actually, it actually led to some really fun awkward humor where I put Hikaru on the spot about whether he had fathered any children um, that he knew about or. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was pushing the buttons and, uh, but he, he loved it. It was fun. And, and, um, there's this sort of fun kind of underground term they use in chess and a lot of the, uh, the chess bra streams and, um, people that are involved in a slightly more edgy chess commentary talk about adopting somebody when you basically just completely abuse them and you adopt them as, as your child. Um, not mm-hmm. that you should ever abuse children, but they use this term like, oh, you just, you adopted this person. You're, you're their daddy now. Um, and Hikaru has adopted Eric Hansen, Grandmaster Eric Hansen, founder and main commentator of the of the Twitch.tv slash Chessbra channel, two times recently. You can only adopt somebody with ten wins in a row. And so uh, the uh, and they actually have an emote on Twitch, which is like a little like carriage, like a little stroller. It's actually really funny <laughs> when someone gets adopted. Anyway, um, but uh, Komodo uh, Komodo was adopted by Hikaru, and so I asked him like how that household would go, like if he had. Komodo and Eric hanging out in his living room and Komodo tried to eat Eric. Like how would he <laughs> discipline Komodo dragon? You know, cause you know, Komodo dragons will eat their own young. And I asked him which, which of his kids he thought was his favorite. He, he chose the dragon over Eric Hansen. It was a lot of fun actually. <laughs> I'm actually having more fun talking about it now. Cause I was, my role was mainly in the background. Nakamura provided his own first person view commentary for those who want to uh, check out the full video replay in the, uh, in our Twitch a video broadcast. It's actually on the chess.com video library and on YouTube. So it was a big enough show. We put it everywhere. So um, we should, we'll link it in the show notes here, but uh, people, people should check it out. It was a uh, good first person educational insight into how Hikaru thinks and approaches um, the playing the computer. And then I bounced in from time to time, tried to ask some questions that I thought might be educational for the chat and did my best to, to make it awkward, make it weird, keep it sassy, you know? That's what Keep I do. Keep it sassy. And he got some draws. Yeah, yeah. No, but Correct. in a good way. Yeah. yeah. So it, the the big part of this match was the Komodo Monte Carlo tree search. So for those who are wondering, and I think this is, again, this taps really into our, our listener base, I think. And I know a lot of people that um, even if their interest in high-level human chess is less or their motivation to get that much better on their own is, is less, they – People tend to be fascinated by the general topic of machine learning and artificial intelligence. Um, perhaps the love affair we all have over the fact that maybe Skynet one day really will launch and we'll be looking for our John Connor, you know. Um, <laughs> I think um, it, it's fascinating. And so we um, 
we recently announced something that we I can say this, right? Keep going, Danny. Can you say this or stop talking? Yes. Yes, you can say this. Okay. Yes. So um, we acquired Komodo actually back at the end of 2017. I can say it now because it was under the under the wraps. Um, we didn't necessarily need to make a big deal about it, but um, you know, we we had been working on kind of an acquisition uh, with the team and and um, you know for Chess.com to 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 buy to purchase the company, but really it was a it was an aqua hire because we wanted them to be able to continue to work on everything that's made Komodo a great chess engine, a, a you know basically a computer chess world champion for the last several years. So Grandmaster Larry Kaufman, co-founder, and his partners now officially work for Chess.com, and they've been working on improvements to Komodo. And we had a number of reasons why we we really wanted to kind of dive under the hood and kind of own our own UCI engine, which the code that makes up these computers and how they think is. Is really cool, but because we're also a private company that's trying to commercialize and grow the sport, it's better for us to own private UCI code and not necessarily operate in the open source world of Stockfish. That's just like a business thing I won't get into, but it just it just makes sense, right? Um, so we had a number of reasons for doing it with some of the stuff we want to do, but one of the things that we've been able to help them with is giving them kind of the resources and the servers to, to push something they wanted to forward, which with all the alpha zero stuff that you and I talked about in November, 2017, um, you know, they had their own version of not exactly the same, but essentially an engine that makes decisions based on how it evaluates the probability that it could win because it wants to win and not just make the best mathematical evaluation in the chess position. And because of that, it tends, you know, the, 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 the thing you want to apply is it basically makes its own sort of human style assessment of how it wants to play on and have a, have a practical point of view that is, um, that is evolving and actually sort of stores its own approach. And again, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a machine learning. It's, it's a tree search um, approach to the game that stores how it evaluates things and then makes a probability guess on how to approach the position rather than just a mathematical cut and dry evaluation. So having having uh, the computer play some of these really interesting odds positions against Nakamura a little more like a human than just the straight up 3,500 rated Komodo would do. The straight up 3,500 rated Komodo would have just beat Hikaru in all these games. Yeah. But this was letting Hikaru work through the lower levels of Komodo to the highest levels and then eventually taking on this Monte Carlo version that I think is rated closer to probably 3,200, probably a couple hundred points lower than the maximum strength Komodo. And then we gave it some sort of odds, right, to, to try to level out the playing field for Komodo and Hikaru to be, you know, in, in, on, a, on a footing that we would say gives the human a chance. And he actually drew every game. Hikaru was upset because he was, he was probably – he was definitely better in all three, but that's unfair to say because, of course, he was better because he started out with the material odds that we gave him, right? But he was he was potentially like the the critical idea away from winning two of the three games, and and not an idea that he couldn't miss, so that he that he might normally see. So I think that that was um, disappointing for Hikaru, but um, overall, he played twenty three games, including the highest level of Komodo level twenty, and his only loss was to that highest level of Komodo level twenty. And he drew all three games against the Monte Carlo kind of tree search system. Got it. Got it. That's crazy. That's really pretty in-depth, nerdy, nerdy talking. I was reading the announcement from May, so it was publicly visible, the the Komodo acquisition. I have the links in the show notes so people can kind of read through it. And you can you you can go and do this yourself, right? On chess.com. You can play versus the computer and the engine, right? Or no? The the Monte Carlo is not the Monte Carlo version is not publicly available yet. 
um, that was actually played directly from Larry Kaufman's super jet engine computer that sits in his, you know, little closet in his home in, in Pennsylvania where he has like a million and a half cooler systems running to keep it cold. Um, so uh, the uh, that that was a direct server to server connection that for those final games, uh, we do have plans eventually to make kind of like a super strong Monte Carlo version available for, for people to play on chess.com, but it's it's not available yet. But yes, you can play the first 20 levels yourself. Got it. Interesting. That's crazy. That's super cool. That's super cool. You know, Hikaru Nakamura just doing really crazy, you know, first of a kind type of things, I think, which is really cool. And he live streamed all of it. So you can see all of it's like, what, four hours, I think, long for all the matches, yeah, yeah. which is yep. pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, to Hikaru's credit, he's never really, he never kind of backs down from a challenge. And I actually think that he's very honest and self-reflective while he does his commentary of what he's thinking about him. He kind of wears his, his heart on his sleeve, so to speak, you know? Um, and I think people really like that. And, um, so, uh, Hikaru has probably played, well, certainly on chess.com. He's somebody we've worked with and, and he's played a number of these. He did a match against Stockfish a few years ago that I did commentary on where it was, um, him and Ribka teaming up against the strongest version of Stockfish at the time. But he's never really a uh, back down of these man versus machine showdowns. So got to give him credit for that. When a lot of, I don't think it's a fun thing for the biggest and best chess players in the world to just let their ego be smashed by a computer. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he uh, he does a good job with it. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Oh boy. Um, oh boy. Am I? Am I? Oh boy. Is my, is that your whoa boy? You're really frustrated with my built-in mic input that we want to kind of cut this podcast a little short. Exactly. That is exactly what's happening, my good <laughs> sir. <laughs> give our give our listeners ears a, a break. I'm a mind reader. Um, I apologize. I'm sorry. I am I am talking softly here, and there's some people that, as I look out over my computer, my eyes looking. There's some people. Oh, there they go. They're risking their eyes to look at me. There's people that hear me. What's he doing? We've been listening to this guy, and now he's on to us. <laughs> hey, I'm in the I'm in the corner. I'm in the corner, tucked away on one of these really comfortable student union couches, looking over, keeping to myself. Most of them have headphones on, so they're not lifting their head, but the few that aren't. So somebody smiled at me. There you go. Someone smiled. They know I'm talking about them. Shout out. Shout out to you, buddy. Download the podcast, blunders.fm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> i love it all right buddy well I'll, I'll let you take care of your kids get your jj which is hey. not jimmy john's that is the jamba juice yep. uh make that happen have one for me just do a little extra extra i will uh, uh, i want a jamba juice now what's your mm. boost what's your boost well oh no booster oh. no booster no 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 no. straight up no booster i don't need i don't need extra you know because i'm not a crossfitter like you i don't have the extra need for the protein powder back in the day i would do the protein give me a little protein powder but now i just so straight up just give me the juice give me the juice and i do the light ones whatever's under 200 calories that's my jam i don't need i'm looking for the seven 750 calorie protein boost so of course i'm looking for something i need to chew and choke down yes well go enjoy that please take a photo tweet that out to me Tweet, tweet it out to the world and i will put it in the show notes for everyone to drink along with the JJ and the, <laughs> right, the DR, the DR and the JJ. I love you. I love all of our listeners for putting up with this uh, less than ideal setup. Next week, I will be back in the high quality recording studio that is chess.com. Yes. Until next week, 
This has been another Coffee House Blunders. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> Love you, buddy.